0: See how Saul does as king. So, would somebody read First Samuel 11, verses 1 through 11? Then Nahash
1: the Ammonite went up and besieged jebus Gilead. And all the men of Jebus said to Nahash, Take a you with us and we will serve you. And Nahash the Ammonite said, on this condition I will make a treaty with you, that I gather out all your right eyes, and thus bring disgrace on all Israel. The, the elders of Jabesh said Give us seven days respite that we may send messengers throughout all the territory of Israel. <coughs> and then, if there is no one to save us, we will give ourselves up to you. When the messengers came to Gibeah and Saul. They reported the matter in the ears of the people, and all the people that loud. Now, behold, Saul was coming from the field behind the oxen. And Saul said, what is wrong with the people that they are weakening? So they told him the news of the men of Jacob. And the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul these words, and his anger was greatly kindled. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces, and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hand of the messengers, saying, Whoever does not come out after Saul and Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. Then the dread of the Lord fell upon the people, and they came out as one man. And he mustered them at Bezek, the people of Israel were three hundred thousand, and the men of Judah, 30,000. And they said to the messengers who had come, Thus shall you say to the men of Jebesh Gilead? Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, we shall have salvation. And the messengers came and told the men of Jabesh, they were glad. <coughs> Therefore the men of Jebesh said, Tomorrow we will give ourselves up to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you. And the next day Saul put the people in three companies. And they came into the midst of the camp, in the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day those
0: who survived are scattered so that no two of them were left together so Nahash the Ammonite king he has been a threat and he comes up and besieges Jabesh Gilead there's a lot of town names in the bible hyphenated <laughs> Gilead remember others besides Jabesh Gilead Ramoth Gilead is really common there are some others. What the hype of Gilead have to do with
1: it? The territory of the, Gilead.
0: Yes. Where was Gilead? I think
1: it was the right side of the Jordan.
0: Yeah, the right hand side of Jordan River was the territory of Gilead. So it's kind of like saying Bargersville, Indiana. The Indiana part has to do with the province, with the state we call it. Well, Gilead was that area, so Jabesh Gilead is being besieged by Nahash the Ammonite king. Being besieged would not be a pleasant experience. Uh, Eventually, they starve you out. And so what do the men of Jabesh say to Nahash? Yeah, let's make a deal. You know will serve you you know just, let's, let's make a peace treaty let's make a covenant now what about them offering to make a covenant with this Ammonite king is that okay why not, not they were not supposed to make any agreements with anyone besides the Lord he was their only king he was to have an exclusive relationship with the people, so they were offering to do something treasonous, basically, to make a deal with another king that was not God. How often do men say to the devil, make a covenant with us and we'll serve you? You know, you might think about applications along that line. Well, Nahash drives a hard bargain. He's he's willing to make a peace treaty with them on what condition? Yeah, put out your right eye. Isn't that kind of weird. You know, we probably wouldn't see too many people offering a peace treaty on that condition today. What's the deal about gouging out your right eye? Alex? It's kind of
1: like they have poor depth perception, so like disable them from fighting every really
0: day, kind of. Disables them from fighting but not so much because of the depth perception. Yes, that that comes into play. Anybody know? Somebody, some people probably do know. Mindy, you can't
1: shoot a bow and arrow.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, like, yeah, Jacob. If you,
1: are you're right-handed, you hold your shield with your left hand. So
0: if you didn't have your eye, you could see. Anything. Yes. You you're going. Most people are right-handed, so they're going to have their spear or their sword or whatever in their right hand. With their left hand, they're going to cover all of their face except for their right eye. You know, you're going to have a hard time coming like this, you know. Uh, So if you gouge their right eye out, that means they've got to expose their face to be able to see, and they're more of a target. So really gouging out their right eye makes them practically unfit for warfare, but it would allow them to continue to work on the farm and generate tax revenue for Nahash. So basically it's just uh, you know, hamstringing the horses. It's keeping keeping the, uh, the soldiers from being able to fight. And uh, what do the uh, men of Jabish, the leaders of Jabish, what do they reply to Nahash about that proposal? Can Can you give us a week to see if we can find anybody who will fight for us? (laughs) What's surprising about that request? He honors it. He says, okay. (laughs) What was he thinking? Why would he say, okay, you can have a week to see if somebody will fight for you? Because he didn't think anybody would. That's exactly right. He didn't think they'd find anybody. (laughs) If they're willing to surrender in a week, okay. Better than having to fight them. So he, he thinks it's impossible. Huh? Who try to deliver them? But he doesn't reckon with what the Lord has done here. So eventually Saul finds out about this. Verse 6, the Spirit of God comes upon Saul mightily. He takes a yoke of oxen, cuts it in pieces, sends it among the Israelites, and says, this is what will happen to your oxen if you don't come out and fight with me. And the dread of the Lord fell on the people, verse 7, They came out in mass, and they came out to deliver Jabesh and to conquer Nahash and the Ammonites. And so they do. And the Ammonites are scattered, and the Ammonite threat was thwarted. Um, Now, it's kind of interesting that Saul is the guy to deliver the city of Jabesh-Gilead. Why is that interesting? We've more or less said this already.
1: That's where the Benjamites were
0: destroyed? Or. Mm. Not quite. They we're on the right track. Isn't that
1: where they got their wives?
0: That's where they got 400 of their 600 wives. When they, were, when they were reduced down to only 600 men and no women. They had to find wives. But the Israelites had made a vow that they wouldn't any of them give their daughters to Benjamites. So they were facing just 11 tribes because they were gonna lose the whole tribe. But they found out the men of Jabesh Gilead, the the people of Jabesh Gilead City hadn't gone to war and hadn't made the agreement. So they go down there and kill some men in Jabesh Gilead and get their women and provide 400 for the Benjamites. And then as I said uh, a while back, they, they told the other 200, we won't give you anyone. You just go down and nab the daughters at Shiloh at the dance and just drag them off and they'll be your other wives. So there was a, a relative connection between the tribe of Benjamin and Jabesh Gilead. So it perhaps is kind of appropriate that Saul from Benjamin would be the king who would deliver Jabesh from the Ammonites. And that's what happened. Comments or questions on this section? Tim?
1: There's a lot of connection with the story of Benjamin getting eradicated or whatever. They cut up the prostitute, um, they cut up Concubine. the Concubine. thing in the pieces and around. out. He cuts up the ox and pieces and stuff
0: like that. Huh? Yeah, good point, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good, good connection. Yeah, there's so many connections between these stories, the more you read in the Bible, the more you see patterns and things that are cool.
1: It wasn't safe to be a cow back then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. cows is not too safe to be today. But. <laughs> Other thoughts.
1: What what uh, tribe was Jabesh Gilead, or what? What?
0: Manasseh. Yeah, what I'm was it? not sure about that. It, it was, was either.
1: It had to be one of those territories. Was Manasseh
0: the, or Gad, probably, and I'm not sure which. Do you know it's Manasseh? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, anybody know that? I know I should know that. Let's see. I, it sh- looks like Gad to be on my little map back here, uh, but I don't know if that's true. Either Gad or Manasseh.
1: But obviously, this Nahash guy had seen what had been happening in Israel and knew there was no leader <laughs> yes. and nobody that was at least obviously going to come and, and protect the nation.
0: Yes. Good point. I will add this. Think these things are cool, you may find them boring, but the Ammonite territory basically they occupied the little strip in between Gilead and the desert. And there were lots of times when the Ammonites tried to horn in on the territory of Gilead because it's about the only way they could expand their territory. Going toward the desert, the arid desert, doesn't really help you. And so they would. Can you think of some other times? when the Ammonites tried to encroach upon Israelite territory. I won't remember all of them now, but anybody remember one or two? In the days of Jephthah, that's exactly what they did. That was the threat that Jephthah faced. You might read uh, Judges 11 about that. Uh, There's a reference, if I'm not mistaken, like it's in Amos 2 or somewhere like that. Uh, to that, and maybe a reference in Zephaniah also, I'm pretty sure there is one in Zephaniah too. And there's another historical time when the Ammonites encroached, and I've forgotten when it is. But that's kind of a typical thing of the Ammonites. They try to occupy Gilead, because that's about the only thing they could do. So, any comments or thoughts further through verse 11? 12 to 15.
1: Then the people said to Samuel, Who is he that said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men, that we may put them to death. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day, for the the Lord has accomplished de- uh, deliverance in Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come and let us, go to, uh, let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they also offered sacrifices of peace offering before the Lord. And
0: there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Okay, so what do the people want to do? Kill the rebels. Yeah, kill the rebels. Kill the doubters. The ones who were saying, well, Saul's not going to be a good king over us. But Saul refuses to do that. And I like the reason why he refused to do that. What was that?
1: Today is a day of
0: celebration. Yes, and... What's the emphasis in verse 13? The the Lord won the battle. This is not for me to take vengeance on my personal enemy. This was not my personal victory. This was God who won this victory. That's exactly right. If we remember that more often and give the credit where it was due, it would keep us from feeling like we had some personal vendetta we could fulfill. And so Samuel says to the people, let's go to Gilgal, we renew the kingdom there. And so they go to Gilgal, and they have sort of a kingdom renewal uh, there. And so we've got this third stage of the kingship of Saul. All right, comments or questions on chapter 11? Tim? Is Saul being ruling
1: from Gilgal?
0: I am not sure of the answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> All right, chapter 12, verses 1 to 5.
1: Then Samuel said.